Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170. The answer, Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego. Every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. You can get recordings of all these messages, podcasts. It's on YouTube. Everything you need here if you like the show. And I'd love to have your feedback, too. If you want to call in tonight, the number to call in is 888-344-1170. We're live, so love to have you call in. We're we're continuing to discuss a very controversial issue in our culture today, which is the issue of homosexuality. We touched on this a little bit last week, but I want to talk a little bit more about it. You know, on my Facebook page, uh, there's once in a while, there's controversial uh, conversations that go on. And something that comes up frequently is if somebody has is homosexual and, and people, there's this argument over whether somebody is born homosexual or not. Uh, some, somebody will say, well, look, if, if they weren't born homosexual and it was a choice, well, then they would most many homosexuals would choose not to be homosexual. So obviously it's not a choice. And that's a that's a valid concern. That's a valid uh, argument to bring up. Um, on the show tonight, I have a special guest. I want to tell you a little, little bit about him. His name is Joe Dallas. He's an author, conference speaker. He's an ordained pastoral counselor. He's the program director of Genesis Biblical Counseling in Tustin, California. It's a counseling ministry specifically to help men deal with sexual addiction and also other sexual relational problems. He received his master's degree in Christian counseling from Vision University, San Diego, California, and he's a member of the American Association of Christian Counselors. He's authored six books on human sexuality from the Christian perspective, including Desires in Conflict, Game Plan, When Homosexuality Hits Home, and his latest, Five Steps to Breaking Free from Porn. He's a contributing writer for the Christian Research Journal. His articles have appeared in Christianity Today, the Journal of Christian Healing, Southern California Christian Times, and also in the, the, the Los Angeles Times, Moody Monthly, New Man Magazine, the Boston Globe. He's been on the Joan Rivers Show, the Bible Answer Man, New Life Live, the 700 Club, Jay Secular Live, and many more. The bottom line is what I'm sharing all this background with, with about Joe is that um, this is a show you want to really listen into, and he's an expert on this. He's not just some guy off the street. Um, he is really knows what he's talking to in relation to this issue. Uh, Joe, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show this evening. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Absolutely. You know, um, I figured it'd be a great place to start is just, you know, how you got to where you are today. So our audience can hear kind of your background and and from from where you came from that you ended up um, helping so many people deal with these issues. Uh, Kevin, this is not just an academic uh, subject to me. This is a very personal subject because I was very active with the gay community from uh, 1978 to 1984. Uh, In fact, I was on staff with a pro-gay church and uh, considered myself a gay activist. I also was very committed to the idea that homosexuality and Christianity were compatible. So, uh, for obvious reasons, this subject is uh, a very personal one to me, as well as a professional one. Now, I reached a point in early 1984 when I realized that I was, in essence, interpreting the Bible to suit my desires, uh, rather than submitting my desires to the Bible. And I say that because there are quite a few people within the Christian population, both women and men, who reach that same point. And uh, when they do, they realize that they're going to have to say no to something which is very deep and profound to them, and that is their sexuality. 
uh, when I realized that homosexuality was not compatible with God's will, then I knew I had to make some very hard choices. Now, I know there's the ongoing argument over whether or not people are born gay and what choice is involved, and I I think even though I'm not convinced that it is an inborn orientation, I certainly think it's an involuntary one. That is, people do not choose to be attracted to the same sex. Rather, they realize they are attracted to the same sex, and then they have to decide whether to express those attractions or resist them. That's that's when a I, really uh, that's a great distinction you made there. That uh, even though. Uh, like you said, you're not convinced that biologically or genetically somebody is born that way. Still, the fact uh, remains that many people don't consciously choose uh, to embrace the homosexual lifestyle. Is that that's what you're saying, right? Well, that's right. And people do not consciously choose to have the homosexual orientation, the inward attraction to the same sex. Now, as a Bible-believing Christian, I believe we're born with a sin nature. And that sin nature itself is involuntary. I certainly didn't ask to be born a sinner. I had my sin nature, and I realized early in life that it was there. And I I happen to think that whatever else causes homosexuality, it is ultimately a manifestation of fallen nature. And uh, I certainly don't recognize it as something God ever intended. Um, but I think that it is like many human desires or tendencies that run contrary to God's will. They tend to be there from early in life, and they're very deeply ingrained. Mm. Well, so for you personally, as uh, in your own testimony to this issue, um, what was the process? I, I've kind of got two questions here. What was the process of you coming to the conclusion uh, early in life that you were uh, you had a homosexual orientation, and also, what was the point you came to where you decided uh, this is not something I'm going to continue in because I, I don't want any longer to make uh, the Bible conform to my will. I want to conform to God's will. Uh, we have about two minutes left here, so that's that's a two big questions. But uh, you want to start with that first one there? What what? It was a pretty bumpy ride for me. Actually, my first sexual attractions as a boy were towards girls. I would have to say I was very strongly attracted to girls, but I also found in my adolescence that I did have sexual feelings for guys as well. And uh, so I was sexually promiscuous with both sexes until I became a Christian. After I became a Christian, I thought that becoming a believer would mean all my sexual temptations would go away. They did not. Mm. I eventually gave into them, again, both with women and men. But ultimately, I did get involved with uh, the owner of a gay bar, and that led to my involvement with the gay community and then with the gay church. In early 1984, I was, uh, there's no other way to put it, I was under tremendous conviction uh, that I believe was God-inspired to uh, continue searching the scripture out to see if I had not been basically kidding myself. Mm. Well, and my, I reached the conclusion that I had been. My guest tonight is Joe, uh, Joe Dallas, nationally recognized expert on uh, sexual addiction and the issue of homosexuality, himself having a testimony of coming out of homosexuality. So stay with us. We're going to continue this discussion when we get back. And Joe is going to share with us a lot of his uh, incredible wisdom and insight on this issue and his knowledge of this issue. Uh, it'll be a huge blessing. Stay with us. What would you know? San Diego's home for intelligent conservative talk. AM 1170, The Answer. Learn about what God is doing on the streets of Hillcrest. City on a Hill San Diego is an exciting ministry raising an army of people who love God in our city. Ryan Smith and his team take the time to talk with and know the people of the community, provide tracts and materials, and build Christian community. See the stories of lives being changed at cityonahillsandiego.com. Call for details, 619-354-2511. City on a Hill San Diego, sharing faith, hope, and love. 
Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at expressfixcoffee.com. AM1170theanswer.com In a flooded land I sent a leaf From your captor's grip Gave you release Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website's educateforlife.org. All kinds of resources there on my site. Our number tonight is 888-344-1170. If you'd like to call in and ask Joe a question, uh, feel free to do that. I'd love to have you um, call in and just uh, give your thoughts or questions. Um, we left off with Joe just talking about what he's been through, uh, how he got involved in this process. For more than 20 years now, he has been uh, helping people deal with uh, the issue of homosexuality and sexual addiction. And uh, Joe, you you said that um, you had a tremendous conviction that came upon you to really explore uh, whether you could be uh, actively engaging in the homosexual lifestyle and also be a Christian at the same time. And um, I'll let you pick up there where you left off. I think that's essentially what it was that happened. I, I uh, realized that I had, uh, in essence, reinterpreted the Bible to suit my desires rather than submit my, my desires to the Bible, and that meant I had to make a new start. And so I did. I, uh, I actually moved out of the county I lived in at that time and uh, got myself into a good Bible-believing church at Calvary Chapel, actually, at Costa Mesa. And uh, I began making friends there. I got some very good Christian counseling, which was very helpful to me. And uh, I realized that uh, there was life after my years uh, of uh, participation in the gay community. Uh, I had wanted to become a Christian counselor, actually to deal with uh, alcoholism and chemical dependency. I was hoping to uh, uh, work in that field. And I went back to school, was finishing a master's degree, and uh, uh, all of the doors for an internship with chemical dependency clinics were closed, but there was one small church that was counseling people who were dealing with sexual issues, including homosexuality. I very reluctantly agreed uh, to take a brief internship there just to meet my requirements because I really didn't think there was much future in counseling people who had this problem. By that time, uh, I had become engaged to be married. Um, I had been uh, 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 very deeply involved with a young woman I met at my church and we were planning to marry later in that year, and I had uh, her to think of. And I, um, I remember telling my uh, uh, internship coordinator that I'll never be able to make a living doing counseling with people who have problems like this because there aren't that many people who oh, do. I didn't boy, realize. Little, I had no idea how many there were. Yeah, little did you know. And that that problem seems to be increasing, not decreasing. Oh, hugely. So when I'm talking about across the board, there is... I'm convinced, uh, Kevin, within the body of Christ, a huge disconnect between what we are promoting and what we are privately practicing. The problem of sexual compromise among believers is enormous. Yeah, I I recently read some stats on that, and um, it just blows my mind away what's going on. Uh, And and it's an interesting thing. Um, I've been doing a lot of studying on uh, what's going on in the brain and so forth, and uh, it's it's very interesting. But I was going to ask you about this, and this will kind of segue into this question here. So what what are the root causes? And I'm sure this there's probably a link here, sexual addiction, homosexuality. Uh, you can expand on this. But what are the root causes of homosexuality, both male and female? And then it seems, and was it hard for you to change 
And if it was easier or whatever, I, why are there different levels of, you know, it's easy for one person to change, but it's not necessarily easy for another person to change. Does, does that make sense what I'm asking? Yes, and almost everything you just asked, I would have to honestly say, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know definitively what causes homosexuality. I don't think anybody does. Okay. There are a number of theories. Predominantly, people seem to either think that it is inborn or that it is acquired because of some sort of a developmental disruption, usually within the family or some kind of family trauma. Mm. Um, now, I... As I said earlier, I'm not convinced that homosexuality is inborn. I'm still open to the possibility because I still don't believe that if something is inborn, it is necessary, natural, or right. I do believe that we are, as I said earlier, a fallen race. Mm -hmm. And so there could be uh, tendencies that are inborn that indeed are not anything God intended. Uh, there's some very good research indicating that uh, addictive tendencies, at least a propensity towards addiction, may be inborn. Uh, the same may be true of a propensity towards violence or towards depression. Well, we would never legitimize those things just because there may be some genetic or biological predisposition to them. Well, that makes a lot and of I, sense. I yeah. think the same is true. Uh, of uh, of homosexuality. The problem I think we run into, Kevin, is that we try to oversimplify the issue. My, my sort of rule of thumb, where the Bible is clear, let's be clear. Where the Bible is adamant, let's be adamant. Where the Bible is silent, let's hold our theories loosely. And I think the Bible is crystal clear in teaching that homosexual behavior, like many other sexual behaviors, falls way short of what God intended, and that the homosexual condition, the orientation, is not something God intended for anyone. I think we can say with confidence that it is a manifestation of fallen human nature. So, Beyond that, I think we have to hold our theories loosely. So, Joe, uh, that's excellent advice, by the way. I mean, I loved how you, you put that together right there um, regarding the, the, you know, holding theories loosely that aren't the Bible's not absolutely clear about. Um so the question comes up, like I used to manage apartments in Hillcrest, which is, about half the people in the complex that my wife and I managed uh, were homosexual oriented. And uh, there was a, I would always ask people, um, is there anything I can pray for you when they would turn in their rent? And one guy said, yeah, you can pray for me. I'm getting married. Now he had told me earlier he was homosexual and it turns out he was marrying a woman. Uh, he hadn't told her that he was homosexual and he he I said, well, what's going on? He said, I can't change, but I want to change. And I guess my question for you would be, how would you answer somebody in that kind of a position? They say they they say, look, there's no way I can change. I can't do it. I, I just can't. Um, h- how do you respond to somebody in that kind of a situation? Well, I, I, in essence, would take them at their word. I believe that we cannot simply change the direction of our sexual desires. Uh, I I think that, uh, for example, when I made the decision to repent of homosexuality, I wasn't thinking of any kind of change other than a change in my behavior and a change in the way I identified myself. I did not know whether or not I would ever meet a woman who I would become attracted to. I didn't know if I would ever marry. Uh, I I didn't know if perhaps I might live my life celibate. All I knew was I needed to live obediently. And so my prayer was, Lord, if I am going to be attracted to men all of my life, give me the strength to say no to those attractions. If it would please you to change my attractions, bring it on. That would be great. And what I found was that as I simply tried to live obediently, and uh, live my life in, in a Christ-like, responsible way, a young woman did come into my life who I felt very attracted to. It wasn't because I decided to feel that way or did anything to make myself feel that way. It simply happened. Now, I say that, uh, Kevin, because I have known very godly Christian men and women who did repent of homosexual behavior. They realized it was not God's will. And they have lived their lives as celibate believers. They have never experienced a change in their sexual desires. And they're not doing anything wrong. It's not because of yeah. any deficit on their part, yeah. but they didn't. It just did not happen. And nobody can with integrity say why 
Yeah, my uh, guest my guest this evening is Joe Dallas, a nationally recognized expert on uh, sexual addiction and, and other uh, sexual issues. Please stay with us. We're having a fantastic conversation. We'll be right back. And it burns me down to the core Because I know there's so much more This is AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Intelligent, conservative, AM 1170, The Answer. Everybody's wondering how the world could get this way. If God is good and how it could be filled with so much pain. It's not the age-old mystery we made it out to be. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. If you want to call in, the number is 888-344-1170. You know that, that band, the buffer music there is down here, a fantastic uh, band. And you know what? You notice the line. I don't know if you heard it in the buffer music there. He says, he says uh, there's a problem in the world, and the problem is me. And a lot of times, you know, when we're dealing with issues, a lot of times um, it has something to do with us is, is a big part or of why we're experiencing the problems we are. And my guest this evening is Joe Dallas, who is a counselor uh, who helps people deal with the struggles they're going through, um, mainly men with sexual addictions and the issue of homosexuality. He has uh, six books out. He's a a fantastic person with a wealth of experience and knowledge on these issues. And you can, you can check him out at joedallas.com. He's also the founder of Genesis Counseling, and uh, I encourage you to go to his website, buy his books, and check his stuff out. It'll be a huge blessing to you. Um, Joe, you know, um, what? there's a lot of kids that are embracing the homosexual lifestyle, and I just recently was talking to some parents who came up to me after I had been speaking, and they they said, our son has decided to embrace the homosexual lifestyle. We're devastated. We don't know what to do. Um, what would you say to them uh, is the best way for them to, to uh, you know, help their son move away from that lifestyle? It's extremely hard to get somebody to move away from something that both they feel uh, very strongly attracted to and that uh, uh, a large part of their culture is saying is perfectly okay. Mm. So we we should keep in mind the young person today who finds that he or she is uh, homosexual also has quite um, uh, uh, a number of voices. Uh, um, The American Psychiatric Association, the education system, the entertainment industry, the news media, all telling them that homosexuality is normal and legitimate, and that if their parents object, the problem is their parents, not the young person. So that makes it, uh, of course, more difficult. And the the bottom line we have to accept, and I I say that with sadness, but I work frequently with parents, Kevin. Yeah. Um, The the, the sad fact is uh, we cannot override free will. Now, if your son or daughter is a minor, of course, you have the right and the responsibility to clarify what you will or will not allow by way of behavior. Uh, But if the son or daughter is expressing no conflict over homosexuality, you can't create that conflict for them. The best you can do is try to reason with them as to whether or not this is really what God intended. 
and ascertain to what extent they are convinced that this is normal and right, or to what extent they may still be questioning and take it from there. Yeah, so so I, I've talked with quite a few people uh, about this, you know, that are dealing with family issues, and, and sometimes there's some, there's some conflict for uh, Christians who they look at the situation and they go, well, I don't want to accept the lifestyle because... I believe the Bible clearly teaches it's wrong, but at the same time, I want to be Christ-like and be a loving person. Um, and so what what would you suggest, you know, uh, let's say, I'll give a hypothetical here. Let's say you have a, uh, a young man, he's gone off and um, he has a partner, he's homosexual, uh, the family is by and large, large Christian, they have a family function, it's Thanksgiving, and the young man wants to bring his partner to the dinner, uh, the Thanksgiving dinner, um, and the parents are confused because some people have said if they if they bring their partner, then we're not going to show up, and you know so so many so much controversy. Uh, what is the what is a Christian supposed to do in these situations? Or, or I'm sure there's not a blanket statement, but but can you give us some insight into how to deal with that? I think you want to go with two principles, conscience and comfort. Uh, Paul told the Romans, whatever is not done to faith is, is sin. He also told Timothy that we should not be uh, partakers of someone else's sin. And uh, so if something would be a violation of our conscience, we cannot do it. And if something would be so uncomfortable that uh, for everyone involved, it would be pretty much a fiasco to try it, then I'd also say we shouldn't do it. So uh, if you go with those two principles, I think you will make the right specific decision when something like that comes up. Now, just for example, I see nothing in Scripture or common sense telling me that if a family member is homosexual and wants to bring his or her partner to a family gathering— I see nothing telling me that there would be anything wrong with that. I think if a family member said, and we want to sleep together in the guest room, well, I think that would be a participation in someone else's sin. If a family member said, I'd like you to come and visit me or be with us uh, for dinner or for a social function, I I see nothing again in Scripture um, indicating that would be wrong. If a loved one said, I marry my partner of the same sex, and I want you to be at the wedding. Uh, I could not in good conscience attend, because I believe when you attend a wedding, you are, by your presence there, uh, offering your support, not just your love. Sure, you're your a witness. You're, for you're, the thing itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is why I say you go with the principles of conscience and comfort, and I, I really think you'll make the right decision. Okay. And then... You know, one of one of the sponsors of my radio show here uh, is City on a Hill Church, and and they're starting up a church in the Hillcrest area. And uh, you know, their message is hope, love, and uh, they're reaching out um, to the community. And what would you say to a pastor who's trying to figure out what's the best way for me to um, reach people who have embraced the homosexual lifestyle uh, as a Christian? What is the best way I can do that? I think um, you don't want to try too hard to over-specialize the issue. Okay. Uh, how, how do we reach anybody? We, we preach the gospel plainly. We show respect. We answer honest questions honestly. We uh, pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of the people who've heard what we preach. We love them. Uh, we serve them in whatever way we are able to. And uh, uh, that's the best. What we don't do is either water down what the Scripture has to say about human sexuality, nor do we overemphasize it. Because, I mean, Kevin, if, if a person is not a Christian and happens to be homosexual, the homosexuality is incidental. That person is unsaved. That's the issue. Yeah. And I think that's where the focus should be. Absolutely. Well, great answer. Thank you, Joe. That's fantastic. You know, we're with Joe Dallas, nationally recognized expert on the issue of sexual addiction and homosexuality. JoeDallas.com. I encourage you to check out his website. We're going to be right back and continue this discussion and get some more insight and wisdom from Joe Dallas. I've seen things I never thought I'd believe. The hand of God brings love and mystery. This is AM 1170, The Answer. 
1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. AM 1170, The Answer. Everywhere you go on iHeartRadio. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. If you'd like a recording of this message with Joe Dallas, my website is educateforlife.org. You can pick that up tomorrow. And um, we've been talking about the just how to respond to the issue of homosexuality as a Christian. Um, biblically, what's the, what's the right thing to do? And uh, Joe, I wanted to continue this discussion and, and pick up uh, kind of where we left off, but... Um, you know, you gave good advice there with the pastors reaching the, the homosexuals. Uh, you know, really it's when it comes down to it, it's just how we reach anybody else. Um, and then loving a child, um, who has decided to embrace that, that lifestyle, uh, you can't make somebody uh, do something that they don't want to do. Um, but you know, when I was, uh, managing these apartments, there was a, a woman who was, who, who had become a lesbian and she, we, my wife actually was talking to her and asked her, why did you decide to do this? And she said, the reason I became a lesbian is because my husband cheated on me. And, um, do you see a lot of variation in why a person decides they're homosexual, uh, in, in your experience in dealing with this? I do see a lot of variation, Kevin. I'd have to say, what you just described is pretty unusual. By and large, people do not choose to be um, a homosexual, gay, or lesbian. They discover that they are, and then they choose whether or not they will act on it. And as I said, I think that is uh, an indication of the sin nature. Hmm. We discover it. We choose whether or not to act on it. Huh, um, interesting. But I, I think that if you look at the profiles of people, uh, who, who are homosexual, you'll see a lot of variety. You'll see some cases um, where um, a, a person who is homosexual had a very, uh, very unsatisfactory relationship with their father or where they were molested early in life or experienced some kind of trauma. But then you'll also see many uh, homosexual people who were raised in very loving, very um, uh, healthy homes. So I don't think you can ever say there is one reason. I suspect that there are probably many reasons combining uh, to cause someone to be attracted to the same sex. Probably the personality they're born with, you could call those prenatal influences, plus um, influences or experiences later in life. But we, we really can't definitively nail it down to one theory that will hold true in all cases. It just won't. Okay. And then now I know, uh, Joe, you were involved with Exodus International, which was a ministry helping uh, people who who did with unwanted uh, homosexual attractions move away from that. Um, 
and they don't exist anymore. And um, I was just curious as to, I know Alan Chambers was involved there and everything. And um, do you think that their efforts, what they were attempting to do was a, uh, was a good thing? Was that, were they going in the right direction or, or or did they make mistakes that they, they uh, shouldn't have made? Well, I think in the end, um, Exodus was going a direction I know I couldn't go with. I actually resigned my ministry from the Exodus Network uh, before they closed. And uh, I did that because I felt they were embracing more and more of uh, um, a a message that compromised some of the essentials of the faith on, on human sexuality. And so... Um, As I said, I resigned my ministry from it. I think that initially the direction Exodus maintained for most of its uh, 30-plus years of existence was a very good one. It was there to equip the church to uh, better minister to people who were affected by homosexuality, whether it was family members or individuals who themselves were homosexual. And I thought that was a very good thing. But uh, again, I, I did feel that the leadership in Exodus was going not to a specifically pro-gay position, but uh, towards one that basically minimized the seriousness of homosexual sin and overemphasized grace to the point that it, uh, to my thinking, was a perversion of what the Scripture taught about grace and about sanctification. Yeah. Now, what... Um you you are an expert in sexual addiction in, in general, and so what role does sexual addiction play in the issue of homosexuality? Is there does it play a significant role, or is that a, a minimal uh, aspect to that? Well, it doesn't necessarily play a role at all because many people who are homosexual uh, are not sexually active, so they could not possibly be sexually addicted. When people are sexually addicted. They have developed a dependency on certain types of sexual behavior, uh, usually uh, very hyper-stimulating behaviors like the use of pornography or anonymous sexual encounters or the use of prostitutes and so forth. Um, Many homosexual people uh, are either not sexually active or um, they're in a relationship uh, that is monogamous or they uh, uh, very rarely have sexual encounters and, and everything in between. So that said, I, I would say that among uh, male homosexuals, you see a pretty high incidence of sexual addiction, which I think is more an indicator of, of maleness than an indictment against homosexuality itself. I think that uh, uh, men have more of a capacity uh, for um, very casual, um, uh, non-committed uh, sexual behavior. And I think as a result, when you have men with men, you have very high levels of promiscuity. So again, um, I certainly don't believe uh, for a minute that if someone is homosexual, they are sexually addicted. They may not even be sexually active. But I think among the male homosexual population, you probably will find much higher percentages of sexually addictive behavior than you would among the male heterosexual population. Okay, and and the reason for that is because you said that because there's not a woman involved in the relationship and because men tend to have uh, greater problems with sexual addiction than do women, that 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 problem tends to increase among the homosexual community as opposed to the male heterosexual communities? Is is, is that what you're saying? Exactly right, Kevin. I think without the tempering influence of a woman, men uh, tend to be much more promiscuous, much more impulsive. And uh, I think that men, uh, again, are much more capable of casual sex than women are. Uh, I don't want to say that across the board as too much of a blanket statement, because, of course, there's such a thing as a promiscuous woman or a sexually compulsive woman. But by and large, I do think uh, we see that uh, men have more of a propensity for sexually addictive behavior than women do. Therefore, when you have men with men together, uh, that is uh, a more unbridled situation and 
I think you'll see higher rates of promiscuity and porn use, and uh, and certainly uh, the the rate of STDs among homosexual men compared to among heterosexual men. I think that will bear that out. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, my guest tonight is Joe Dallas. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the program, and uh, we're going to be right back. We have one more segment, and we're going to... Um just continue to discuss this and get down to some key issues. Maybe you're out there today and you know somebody who wants help with homosexuality. We're going to talk to Joe Dallas about how he helps somebody who wants help um, move towards uh, a closer walk with Jesus Christ. What's kept a mystery? Oh, From the finer things to the shirt on my back. AM 1170, the answer.com. us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170, the answer. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. AM 1170, the Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. You can also connect with me on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, I'd love to hear your uh, feedback, uh, your questions, your comments, your critiques. I'd uh, love to hear, um, hear from my audience. And so um, my guest tonight is Joe Dallas. We're having a fantastic discussion. And I want to, this is our last segment, I just want to kind of focus on um, how do we get help for these kinds of problems and, and uh, issues. You know, um, Joe, we started off talking at the beginning of the show. We just addressed very briefly the problem that ha- is happening in the church. You know, people are living one way publicly and another way privately. There's a tremendous problem with sexual addiction, pornography addiction. Um, you just wrote a book on this not too long ago, um, dealing with the issue of pornography. And uh, if somebody is struggling with these issues, uh, homosexuality or uh, sexual addiction, uh, what can they do to get help? Well, if you don't mind me pulling the plug for my own ministry, they no, can not contact at all. <laughs> me at uh, joedallas.com. We uh, do offer both in-person and telephone and Skype counseling. Uh, we do seminars. We consult with churches. We work frequently with parents of people uh, who are homosexual who want to know what to do now, now that their son or daughter has come out to them. So they can contact us directly, and we'd be happy uh, to serve them whatever way we can. Okay. And then uh, what does that process usually look like? Is that a very that, is that a, a long process? Is that something that uh, can be dealt with you know, quickly, or how, how does that work? Well, I don't think it can be dealt quickly, but it needn't be a long process in counseling. I mean, uh, uh, certainly, like like with anything else, if somebody is wanting to make a significant change in their behavior or they have a significant family issue they want to uh, work on, they're going to have to put some time and effort into it. But I think that uh, at least the kind of counseling we do, we focus more on how can we equip our clients to deal with their situation. And uh, that's that's really what we're looking for above everything else is, is them getting more insight and being better equipped. And that 
does not have to be a lengthy process. It really doesn't. Okay. And California, not too long ago, uh, Jerry Brown uh, was involved in passing a law stating that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, I'm, if I don't know, uh, if I'm not up on this, but that uh, minors are not able to get therapeutic counseling for unwanted homosexual feelings. Is that true? Uh, yes, that is true. In California, a licensed therapist, a psychologist or psychotherapist or psychiatrist would not be able to offer that kind of help. Now, realistically, uh, Kevin, most uh, secular therapists or psychologists hold a pro-gay viewpoint anyway. So it, that doesn't change so much. What does change is the strength of the law basically saying a minor is not able uh, to receive professional counseling or therapy services aimed at uh, changing the minor's sexual orientation. Uh, and the definition of sexual orientation, according to that law, includes behavior. So it's not, it's not even uh, um, an option to say, hey, I don't want to act out on my sexual feelings, but I find that I do. Can you help me to change that? Even that is not allowed. And one of the reasons, frankly, Kevin, I'm I'm uh, very committed to working with churches to establish their own ministries is because I believe as more and more laws like this are passed, the church, the local church congregation, will become the last place people can get help if they view homosexuality as a sin and they want to overcome it. There's a very good chance there will be no place else to go. So if there are churches out there, if there's pastors out there listening, uh, Joe D- Dallas is an excellent resource to develop your own um, counseling to be able to help people. Uh, this is, like he's saying, it's a critical issue, and uh, the church needs to be equipped. Um, and, and that's kind of a segue here into another question I have for you, Joe, and that is, you know, we recognize the huge problem there is with sexual addiction. What does the church need to do? What advice can you give to pastors about um, w- that they're not already doing, what do they need to do to deal with this, the, the fact that there's so many people that are addicted to pornography? Oh, well, Peter said the time's come when judgment must begin at the house of God. For heaven's sake, let's clean up our own acts. Let's call our own people to repentance. Let's consider this a completely unacceptable situation. Kevin, Google in the words uh, uh, pornography and sexual men and look at the statistics that come up. It is depressing. And I think we have to admit, okay, we have failed largely uh, to live up to the standards we preach. So let's revisit those standards. Let's uh, reemphasize the need for purity in our own, uh, within our own ranks. And uh, let's commit to uh, developing in-house ministries to help people reclaim the behaviors uh, and and the ways of relating that God intended. And then from a position of more integrity, we can speak to the culture about God's plan for sexuality. It really is discouraging to hear during a debate between a Christian and a gay activist, the gay activists point out, hey, what right do you have telling us that we should not be able to have same-sex marriage when you Christians yourselves have so disrespected marriage. And I have to say, in many ways, he's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, divorce is, is a huge social problem, and uh, and it's very prevalent in our culture also, and it is causing a numerous amount of social problems, and uh, it's uh, disabling the church to be the, the hands and feet of Christ. Um, yes. So, okay, so that's, that's great advice. Uh, now, why, you know, knowing what we know about the issue of homosexuality, um, you know, the stats are staggering as far as STDs are concerned and so forth. Uh, I was recently reading some stats. It said in 2010, 80% of all new HIV AIDS cases were among men who have sex with men. Uh, why is, what, what is the motivation behind Jerry Brown, for example, uh, mandating the teaching of homosexuality from kindergarten through 12th grade? You know, in 2011, they passed a law saying that all public schools have to teach that homosexuality is normal. Uh, what's the impetus for that? What, what is that? Just like you said, the sin, na- the sin nature, or what? What's going on there? I, you got me. I think that number one, it probably is being done with the best of intentions. I think that uh, Jerry Brown and others like him feel 
that uh, any disagreement with homosexuality is a form of homophobia, which is very damaging to kids. So they want to prevent kids from bullying each other or mistreating gay students. And they think the way to do it is to educate the kids from the very beginning on the subject and educate them to believe that mm. homosexuality is normal and right. Uh, that, that makes sense what you're saying there. I, I see the reasoning there. Well, uh, my guest this evening has been Joe Dallas. Uh, Joe is... Uh, the president of Genesis Counseling, the founder. Joe, how long have you been counseling people, helping people with these issues? Uh, it's been 28 years now, Kevin. I, uh, my ministry began in 1987, same year my marriage happened. Wow, that's fantastic. What a testimony. Uh, man, you, you're going to have a lot of people uh, uh, greeting you in heaven and just thanking you for all your, your efforts. I just want to uh, encourage you to visit uh, joedallas.com. Uh, you can also visit Genesis genesiscounseling.org or is it dot, dot .org or is it dot .com? Dot .com. Dot com. Gen, com. Genesiscounseling.com. Da- actually, I'm sorry, it's joedallas.com. Okay, joedallas.com. Like he said, they have counseling for people through Skype, through the phone, as well as in, in person. And uh, Joe, uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to plug uh, any, any other uh, resources you have. Well, uh, consulting with churches is one of our primary resources at this point, Kevin, because we're very concerned that uh, pastors and local congregations be equipped to address the people within their own ranks who are affected by this issue. This is both a pastoral issue and an apologetics issue, and I think we need to be well prepared for both. Fantastic. My website is educateforlife.org. You know, this show, the reason this whole show exists is because I'm hoping that you learn to trust the Bible more, to love God more, to love people more, and to think more deeply about these issues. Uh, Let's really get involved and make a difference. Be the light. Uh, that Christ has caused us to be. And and sometimes the work's hard, but you know what? It's completely worth it. I'll see you next week, 4 to 5 p.m., AM 1170, Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170, The Answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame Bring your guilt and bring your pain Don't you know that's not your name You will always be much more Educate for Life on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org.